You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramat Shemesh Israel 5783, 2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Chayi Sora, and the Torah describes the death of Sora, her burial in Hebron. The Torah talks about the story of how Yitzchak would now find his wife, Rebecca, Rivka. And after this, so the Torah tells us before telling us about Avram Avinu's death. So it first tells us something important that happened toward the end of his life. This is in chapter 25, verse 1. The Torah tells us that Avram went and he married another woman named Keturah, who, as our sages say, was Hagar. He remarried Hagar, who he had originally been married to. And there are others who explain the Rashbam says, the Pashtus is, the simple explanation of the verses is, this was when, this was not Hagar, it was another woman by the name of Keturah. So, they had a number of children together, Zimron, Yakshan, Medon, Midion, Yishbok, Shuach, six kids. Goes on to explain who their children were, and then in Pasuk Hey it says, Vayitin Avram who was the main child of Avram Avinu, Abraham? It was Isaac. It wasn't Ishmael. It wasn't any of these other children who were born from Avram, But to the other wives, and to the children of those wives, more specifically, Nosan Avram Atonis, Abraham gave gifts. He sent them away from Yitzchak while he was still alive, to the east, to the land of the east. And it tells us that he died. So it's very interesting, this this concept here, this uh, the final thing that we find out about Avram is this these extra children that he has. We do know about one of them, Midian. The descendants of Midian ultimately would cause great uh, pain to the Jewish people. They would cause the Jewish people to sin. A few hundred years later, when they came back from Egypt, after 40 years in the desert, they came back to the land of Israel. So, these these names are significant and important, but we still need to understand what is the significance of it in this context right before he dies. Also interesting, Vayasef Avraham Vayikach Isha. The word Vayasef, it means he added on. Avraham did additionally, did something additional besides something that he had done previously. And he, had, and he married another wife named Keturah and had these children. What is this language? What does this teach us? So let's learn together the Medrash. And the Medrash teaches us a very profound lesson from Avram Avinu, which has far-reaching implications. And it's also interesting to try to understand what it means and what is the depth of the teaching. It says the Medrash like this, Pesach says in Kohelas, in Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 6, In the morning... Plant your seeds, and in the evening, don't turn away your hand. Don't rest your hand in the evening. So now, what does this verse refer to? Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua have a uh, difference of opinion as to what it refers to. If you plant it in an earlier time of the year, so make sure you also plant in a later time of the year. There are different seasons for planting, different possibilities about when to plant and when you will 
the crops will grow and you'll and you'll bring them in. You don't know, you know, it could go either way. When are the rains going to be? When is it going to to be a more productive time? Excuse me. Or both of them could be good. Okay, so that's one example of this concept. And we'll need to see in a moment, we'll see soon, how does it relate to our Parsha. But there's a concept that you should you should not have all your eggs in one basket. You should spread your you should spread your bets so that in the end in the end you don't know where where the success is going to come from. Yeshua says if a poor man comes in the morning, give him tzedakah, give him charity. The Arvis if another poor man comes in the evening, give him. You don't know, you know, when it comes to giving charity. So obviously we want to give to a charity that is the most effective. A person comes to your door, you don't know who's really poor and who really needs the money. But, you know, of course the Kaddish Baruch looks at the effort. He looks at the fact that we are trying to give charity. We're trying to do what's right. We're sharing with others. We're sharing our wealth with others. But Hashem also wants us to give to someone who's worthy. And we don't necessarily know who's worthy. So the Medrash advises us, give to the person in the morning, give to the person in the evening, because you never know who's the one who's really worthy, who you're going to get credit for, so to speak, when it comes to having actually accomplished what you set out to accomplish. It could be even both of them are worthy. But spread yourself, you know, across a few different possibilities. Now, the, the magician is going to go on and give other examples of this, and I do want to read them. But what I want to do is I want to bring it back for a moment to Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu, Abraham, he had a number of kids. Right? We don't always think about the fact that we know that Yaakov Avinu had 12 tribes, 12 sons. We know all of them because they became all tribes of the, the people of Israel. Yitzchak Avinu had two sons. He had Esav and he had Yaakov. We come from Jacob. But Avram Avinu also had eight kids. Pasuk tells us he had eight children. He had Yishmael, he had Yitzchak, and then he had all of these other these other children from the from Keturah. So we need to understand what is the message. Why is it Torah, why is it important? Why is the Torah demon important for us to know about this? The message is telling us that a person should keep planting. A person should keep planting. When he's young, when he's old, Avram Avinu, when he was younger, so to speak, he lived to be 175, you know. When he was younger, when he was 80, 86 years old, he had Yishmael. When he was 100 years old, he had Yitzchak. And towards the end of his life, it seems, from the Pasha Tzalapsukim, towards the end of his life, he had another six children. You never know who is going to succeed spiritually. You never know where it's going to work out, right? Sometimes a family will have a number of children, some of them will succeed, and some of them will fail when it comes to their ruchnias, heaven forbid, when it comes to their spirituality. You never know where to invest. Says the Medrash, spread your investments. Spread your investments. This way you make sure that it could be, they will all succeed. It could be that you'll, you'll have it all. But it could be that the one that you thought was going to succeed doesn't, and the one that you thought wouldn't succeed does. You never know where it's going to come from. Rishmael and Rikiva also explaining this verse. 
Bishmal Aimer im Lamaratu Tara ben Aruscha, Lamaratara beziknuscha. Bishmal gives us another point of a, of a way to think about this. A person learns Torah in his youth. A person also learns Torah when he gets older. Make sure to do both, says Rabbi Shmuel. You don't know which of the Torah learning that you're going to do is going to last for you. It's going to have permanence. Maybe both will be good. The same idea. What does it mean? It means... As the Eitzyasev explains, it means you could learn something in your youth, you could come to a certain understanding of a sugya, you can come to a certain maskana, a certain, you know, final understanding. When you get older, you depend on how you learned it when you were younger. But when you, if you learn it again when you're older, you might come to a new insight. You might realize that how you learned it originally was correct. But you might see things differently. And so therefore, it's important to approach it again, have a newness around your learning. Rabbi Akiva, I mean, Rabbi Akiva says, Im arusha, Right? It's very, it's very poignant that Rabbi Akiva says this, as we'll soon see. Rabbi Akiva had a group of students when he was younger, 24,000 students, 12,000 pairs, they all died. In his older age, he had another group of students, a much smaller group of students, and with them, he was successful, and they were able to spread all of the Torah. All the Torah that we have comes from Rabbi Akiva's later students. So Rabbi Akiva says, if you have students when you're young, make sure that you have students when you're older. You don't know who's going to succeed. You don't know which group of students. So you have to continue to produce. It's not enough to produce students in your, in your younger years. You have to continue in your older years. And I would add that there's a there's a greater wisdom that the teacher has when he's older. It could be that the the greater wisdom that he has when he has a deeper understanding of reality, a, a, a deeper experience in life, a deeper experience in Taira. So the effect, the net effect of his personal hashpa, his personal influence, will be different when he's older. I'll tell you from my experience. I listen to my Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Per as often as I can, almost every day. Listen to Shirim. He has new Shirim now. He should be healthy and well. He's 87 years old. He's still giving Shirim. I listen to the new Shirim. And there's a certain depth and experience of a, per- a man who's 87. I listen to Shirim from 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I was sitting in Yeshiva there. And it's also deep and it's also powerful. He was in his 60s already. But there's a certain deeper depth, a deeper depth that's there. In, in the, in the newer shiurim, there's an excitement. There's a, there's a, there's a, ex, a deeper experience, a life experience. So Rabbi Kiva tells us, we need to have students when we're young, we need to have students when we're old. And I would, and I would reverse that as well and say, if we've learned from our teachers when they were younger, we need to continue to learn from them as they get older. It makes me think about, I know I was in touch. I've been doing Baruch Hashem, this podcast, you, you know. You might have heard me mention that I've been doing this for 15 years. Baruch Hashem, over 15 years of producing this podcast every single week. And I remember that there were people who, contact, who would contact me towards the beginning. I haven't heard from them per se. And then there are people who will reach out to me, make a comment, give some feedback. You know, you, you have different experiences over the years as a teacher, 
You see who the students are. Are they still around? And then there's even individuals who I've I've been hearing from for I think nearly ten years. Every once in a while, a nice uh, few few words is all it takes to send some feedback. You know, so it's a beautiful thing. And there's a different depth. There's a different approach. I remember the things that I talked about, which are actually in my safer, perfectly imperfect, when I was younger, and. If I were to create a safer now, based on these teachings as I did then, there would be a different depth, there would be a different understanding. So it's important to have that recognition. Avram Avinu, when he was younger, he had a certain hashpa, he had a certain influence on his children. There was a Yishmael, there was a Yitzchak. When he got older, he had a different influence. And you never know who's going to be influenced and how that influence is going to manifest. The Medrash tells us about Rabbi Kiva. Yud Beis Elaf Talmidim Hayu Lo Rabbi Kiva Me'akav Ad Antipris Kulam Perik Echad Mesu. He had twelve thousand students. According to the Gemara, here it's twelve thousand. According, I'm sorry, the Medrash here. According to the Gemara, it's twelve thousand pairs, so it's twenty-four thousand students. Tremendous amount of of students from Akko all the way to Antipris, but they all died between between Pesach and Shavuos. Terrible thing to this day. This is almost two thousand years ago. It was Rabbi Kiva was right after the Beis Hamikdash, or during the Kufa of the destruction of the Temple in 70 CE, so 1,953 years ago. And to this day, we have a period of mourning between Pesach and Shavuos. We observe many, many halachas that have to do with mourning. Lama Why did they all die? Because they didn't have a proper respect for each other. Right, so... So we mourn to that to this day. That sad that sad event. Twelve thousand or twenty four thousand students. Incredible students of Tal- Talmudic students. The students of our Messiah. They all died. Shiva. In the end he had seven students. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who was a student of Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Lazar ben Shamua, Rabbi Yochanan Sandler. So he had seven students, and those students were the ones were the ones who ended up, as we'll soon see, spreading Torah throughout Israel. So Rabbi Kiva turned to his new students and he said to them, "How did my? Why did my old students die? It was because they didn't have a proper respect for each other. There was a jealousy. There was a there was a a, a competition." could say between them be careful that you don't do as they did so when the Torah comes out interestingly comes out of a uh, the proper midas the proper respect for our contemporaries when the Torah that we study has a proper attitude when it comes to between man and his fellow so the result is a different kind of Torah, a Torah that fills all of Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't limited to Akko and Antipris. It was throughout the entire land of Israel. Rabbi Kiva's Torah spread through these students because of their respect for each other. We could say that that's perhaps the pshat. Bottom line is, you can't compare the effect, the influence that Rabbi Kiva had when he was younger to when he 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 became older and wiser more experienced in life. He knew how to give his students not just the information, but also 
the the way that it can be miskaim, the way that it can endure. Rebidistoy tells us the the bottom line as it applies to our parsha. If we bring it back to our parsha, person has children when he's young. When he gets older, marry another wife, have more children. Who do we learn this from? He had a wife when he was young, he had a wife when he was older, and he had many children. Avraham added on. He went again and he married again. Because you never know. You never know who's going to succeed. You never know which seeds that you plant will bear fruit. And therefore, invest. Invest further. If you invested now, keep investing. You never know where it's going to it's where it's going to lead, what's going to succeed. I'm not going to read this inside because our time is running out. But in the next piece, maybe I'll read a few lines, but in the next piece, the Metrish points out something incredible. And that is that there's a concept of Vayosef. Right? He added on. He, he went again and married another woman named Keturah and had six more children with her. And the Metrish points out that often... The thing that doesn't seem to be the main thing, the thing that seems to be an additional thing, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary for him to have more kids. He's, he, had, he had Yitzchak. He had Yishmael. Hashem had blessed him and promised him that they would go on to become incredible nations of their own. The Jewish people, Yishmael would have 12 princes. The Jewish people would have 12 tribes. Why did Avram Avinu need to, you know, he, he did his thing. He had the children already. But no, says the Medrash, an amazing thing. If you look at the the Yosef, the additional thing, often, there's a few examples of it, but the additional time or the additional investment, often the yield of the additional, almost secondary, a second, you know, an afterthought, but there's a rebuy in the yield of the afterthought. There's a there's a multiplication, that's the word I'm looking for. There's a multiplicity in that which is sometimes an afterthought, which is a very interesting idea. It brings a few proofs. You see it here. Look, when, when he was young, he had only two children, one with each wife, with Hagar and with, with Sarah. In his old age, he had six children from one wife. It was, seems to be by Yosef. There's an additional thing that he did. He did something additional. It wasn't necessary. It was extra. But there was a multiplicity there. There was an, an extra bracha, an extra blessing there. We see it also when it comes to Yosef and Binyamin. Yosef, when Yosef was born, Rachel said, Yosef li ben Acher, I would like another child besides for Yosef. And what happens? Yosef has two, two children. Two sons, Ephraim and Menashe. Binyamin has ten sons. Binyamin, who's the sort of speak afterthought, the the extra that Rachel, Rachel Imenu asked for. There was a multiplicity there. There was ten children. A few other examples. I'm not going to go through all the examples, but so there's like an unexpected, there's an unexpected blessing that is chal that that takes place when. There's this 
something that seems like an afterthought or like an extra thing. There's a multiplicity there. So it's it's an incredible lesson. It's really an incredible lesson. The first lesson is, you know, kind of a, 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 a Rich's Almanac type of lesson that don't put your eggs all in one basket. And spread yourself so that there's more opportunities and also don't give up. You may have accomplished already, but don't give up. There's There's always more to accomplish, but there's something deeper here with this extra statement that when there's something that's extra, when there's something that seems to be additional, there's a, a special blessing in that thing. There's a potential for, for greater multiplicity. And perhaps we could say an explanation of it. What is the idea behind it? When a person focuses, a person tries very hard. I want so much to succeed in a certain area. I want so much that a particular thing should have success. So I put in all of my efforts, I try very, very hard, and I can see a success. I can see indeed, I put in a lot of effort, Hashem gave me siyata deshmaya, God gave me divine providence, you know, He put the idea in my head, He directed me to do this thing. But, there's also a certain grabbiness, there's a certain feeling like, I must have that thing, and the results are going to be, in a certain way, limited to my whatever I've done. Hashem says, you know, you're doing a certain amount of effort. You believe also that the effort, that that's what's producing the results. So the results can be much more limited because I believe that I'm doing it. But when it's a secondary thing, when it's something that, you know, I'm just adding on. It's like, let's see what happens with this. Let's see what happens. I don't know what's going to be. I don't know what's going to, what the results are going to be. I might not invest as much effort, as much heart, but there's a certain blessing, a certain multiplicity, a certain success that can come because I'm not trying so hard. Because I'm just letting it happen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sometimes brings extra blessings in those places where instead of being very grabby, we just let it happen. We just let it be. We just, you know, say... Whatever you have in mind, whatever you have in store, that's what it's going to be. And both approaches are important, right? Sometimes we need to prove to HaKadosh Baruch and to ourselves that this is important to us in order to see success. And sometimes we need to let go of the results and we need to also do things in a way which is relaxed and opening, opening possibilities for HaKadosh Baruch to bring blessings in in a way that's more clearly manifest. Because we're not the ones who are putting in that same effort. We're not the ones who are holding on to the results as much. So, it's a beautiful thing. It's an incredible lesson we learned from Avram Avinu. We learned from him. And, you know, let's let's finish it off with a blessing. I, I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should indeed be able to see. See the places where we've planted. See the places where we've invested our efforts see the successes that we've done, and continue investing, and continue being able to plant more seeds, more potential, more opportunities for growth. And Hashem should help us to recognize that sometimes it's all of the efforts that we put in that cause and bring about the success, and sometimes it's just the added, the extra thing that we did, that we didn't know, we didn't expect, that it would have the success that it has. 
Hashem should help us to be able to recognize that and to be able to live in such a way. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.